Welcome to the Rotary Community Heroes of Hope. I'm your host, Judy Zulfikar, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my amazing co-host, Jamie Zinn, District Governor of Rotary District 5330. Together, we will take you on a journey to discover the incredible impact Rotarians have on our community and around the world. Get ready to be inspired by our Rotary Heroes of Hope. Today, we welcome Mary Brown, who is going to talk to us about some district grants. We're excited to have Mary here today. Welcome also, Jamie. How are you doing today, Jamie? I'm doing great. How about yourself, Judy? Good. Very good. Well, Mary, can you introduce yourself and tell us about your journey in Rotary? My Rotary journey started in 2007. I became a member of the Lake Elsinore Club, and I was in the Lake Elsinore Club up until last fall when I joined the Menifee Club. And what I'm enjoying about the Menifee Club is that it's like my club used to be back in 07. Uh, It's full of community leaders and all the movers and shakers and people that really work hard to serve the community. And that's what I enjoy the most. And that Menifee Club is growing fast. That community is, is huge now. Yes. Yeah. The traffic's bad too. (laughs) Well, that kind of comes with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere in Southern California, the traffic is bad. So Mary, can you talk about, for anybody that, let's just pretend that whoever's listening has never heard of a district grant. And can you talk about what that is, what it accomplishes? And then we'll we'll go into uh, some more specific discussions on those that we have out in um, in production now. Yes, I'd be happy to do that. I got involved with the community grants back in Cheryl Peterson's year of being foundation chair. She contacted me and reached out and she said, you know, I really need some help with these grants. She said, there's a lot of detail involved and a lot of oversight. And I told her at that time I was actually away from here and I was in another state, but I had a lot of time on my hands. So it worked out really well because I could do everything on the computer. But community grants um, are available to clubs every year. The funds come back from Rotary International and it's from three years ago. It's whatever the club contributed. There's a portion of that money that comes back. And um, there's actually three grants that are offered. I might be jumping ahead a little bit here. There's global grants, community grants, and then there's the Wallace Jones grant, which are all available here in our district. We're very fortunate for that. Um, Both the community grants and the global grants are from the RI contribution of the club. So I'm going to stop you there because there's we all we all use acronyms and those that are listening may not know what that all means. So. Rotary International is what RI stands for. And I'm going to go back and kind of repeat what you said with regards to clubs will donate to Rotary International Foundation. Rotary International takes those dollars and puts them in investments. And the interest of that, those investments is what Rotary International runs on. And then the rest of those dollars come back three years later, or most of it comes back three years later for the clubs in the district to do good things um, with, with their grants, as you explained, the global grants, community grants, um, with are used with that those uh, district funds. Am I explaining that correctly? And did I expand on that a little bit? Yes. So the funds we're using this year were from 2020 to 2021. Awesome. This year, the community grants from 36 clubs, which is a high number. I don't know that I've had that many in the past totaled around 39,264. 
Unfortunately, there was some money left on the table, and that's uh, a little over $15,000 from clubs that did not apply. Some examples of community grants are a lot of clubs use the funds for paying for RILA or Pride. Uh, some host holiday meals for low-income families. One community provided shuttle service for community events. Um, some host a barbecue for veterans. And then one club used the funds this year for Meals on Wheels. So those are directly benefiting the communities that each club serves. So, Mary, you made a comment earlier um, about the fact that there was uh, an excess of $15,000. So just to clarify for our listeners out there, that $15,000 will be used uh, for a uh, project that will impact actually um, the entire uh, Inland Empire. And that is our initiative this year on uh, mental health education and awareness. So uh, when a club doesn't apply and we do have extra funds, um, those funds are utilized still back into the community um, uh, locally uh, so that you know we can uh, take advantage of everything that is being sent to us from Rotary International. Um, and one one thing I'd like to add, uh, applying for the grant is really easy. It's done on DACDB, but I encourage clubs to always have the person that's applying be familiar with DACDB. I can walk them through all the steps, and there's very few steps to get the program started. A couple of years ago, we started hosting a second training session, and we do have uh, those scheduled for February on February 13th, which is a Tuesday at 6 p.m., and then on February 17th, which is a Saturday at 9 a.m., and both of those are going to be on Zoom. So it'll show the person that applied uh, or the club members that um, how to wrap up the grant, and it's fairly easy to do that. So that's the finishing part of the grant. They've already received the money. This is how to get the grant report, correct? Correct. Yeah, because the grants are are final at the end of June. Uh, Normally, the grants always open July 1, and they're open until the end of August. So once they're all applied for after August, then we can go through them, make sure we have enough detail to proceed, and then that's when the grants are approved, and then we submit an application to RI for the funding. And maybe you'd like to explain to our listeners a little bit more about uh, when the grants are submitted to you, um, what is looked at and reviewed to ensure that these are compliant uh, with the uh, processes and policies of Rotary International. It's fairly easy. There's steps that they go through. The first step is they have to establish the contact for that club. And I encourage them to not have more than one or two people at the most. And then they have to fill out an application. And then um, there's a budget page. uh, And sometimes this gets overlooked. I think the clubs are doing better now with understanding. They're given a certain pool of money. And with that money, they have to add at least $100 from their club. Some clubs add a lot more, and they can certainly put that on their budget page. But typically, most clubs just put the $100. If the receipts at the end of the grant are more, that's fine, as long as the club contributes 100 So the application 
the detail and then the budget are usually the things that I look at first. And that, and, it, and it, of course, if it's an activity that's in the community. Perfect. I think maybe too, um, uh, just to add a little further clarification, um, there might be a question out there as well. How do we know exactly how much um, DDF is allocated to each club? Um, and just to clarify that, uh, we get a report from Rotary International that tells us here's what the contributions were um, by club for the particular year in question. In this case, you know, you were talking 2021. Um, and so we look at what the percentage of each club is of that total pool. And then the money that is sent back to us, um, say this year, uh, for that particular year, we take those same percentages and apply it to the money we have. So we're always ensuring that, you know, the percentage that the club has uh, contributed in that year, they're getting back that percentage of the pool um, the, in the three year later date. Yeah, and the the way that they know how much their pool is at the beginning of the Rotary year in July, each club president gets a copy of the listing for all the clubs in the district. And in some years, I've actually forwarded that list as well to the foundation chairs, the secretaries, and the treasurers because we have the ability to send out emails to all of those uh, club chairs. Exactly. And don't they also have to take part in the educate every club needs to have somebody that has gone to the grants um class so that you have to have somebody that has attended that grants class, which the next upcoming club leadership and member training assembly is going to be on April sixth at Tokwitz High School, just to kind of put that plug in there for all the clubs to make sure that they have somebody that is attending that class so that they are eligible then for the grant process. Correct. Let's switch to the impact. What kind of impact, and this is specifically, you kind of touched a little bit on some of the uh, areas that were, were re- you're receiving grants for. What, where does that look like geographically? And like, how many people do you think we're touching any given year in our local community with these, with these funds? That's an important question, and that's actually part of the um, final report that each club submits. We asked them not only how many people were impacted by your activity, but also how many Rotarians participated. In some clubs, there could be 50, 60 uh, Rotarians, but they might have impacted as many as 500 people in the community. So there's a way to get that number, and I could certainly get that number if anybody asked for that. And that's important because you're looking at if you have 60, we have 60 clubs in our community, and let's say that each one of them will even cut that number in half, is um, impacting even only 250 people of each for each one of these grants. That's 15,000 people in our local community that are being helped by the generosity of the Rotarians in our area. Correct. Um, Mary, what would you say to our Rotarians why it's so vitally important that they continue to contribute to the Rotary Foundation? Oh, there's so many reasons. Um, Sometimes clubs are, unless they can see, touch, and feel the service, they're not um, always willing to contribute to something that's global. And I think if 
anybody that gets the Rotary International magazine can see that the RI contributions are doing good all over the world. In our district, we've been uh, impacted very positively by all of the RI contributions. I think what I see when I visit clubs is sometimes there's maybe five people that are interested in Rotary International Service, and then most everybody else is targeting just their direct community. So I think sometimes when it's global, it's hard uh, for people to understand the benefit. That's why uh, me going to clubs, our district foundation chair going to clubs, Helene Kalfas, is wonderful. One of the things that she always teaches is it's your money. You can designate that money to be beneficial to any area that you want. And I think um, that's a really, really important message. Actually, when club members reach out to me about this grant, I'm happy to send the list of what clubs are getting to anybody. That's not a, a secret. But to apply, one of the first things I encourage them to do is keep everything really simple. I have clubs in the past that have applied and their description of things goes on for uh, pages and pages. I tell them to keep it simple, but to apply, all they have to do is go on DACDB, click on the district tab, and then look for the community grant icon to click on. If they don't find it, there's a way to add that to their desktop on the district page. And I can easily tell someone how to do that. And then there's just a few steps to get started. Um, and unless I could show the page, I mean, it wouldn't, you know, click. But a lot of people that are on DACDB frequently, they know exactly where to go. And Mary, that- maybe you can share your information an email that that people could reach out to you if they have a question about these grants? Yes, you can reach out to me at small letters, B-M-A-R-Y 406 at yahoo.com. Thank you, Mary, for taking the time to speak with us today. You're very welcome. I'm very happy to be in this role. I've been doing it for a while, and it's like anything else. You learn more as you go along. One of the things that I added to the grants last year, which I find really helpful, is a timeline. So if you do open your grant page, you'll see at the very top, there's a timeline. I'm a visual person. So those kinds of things help me make sure that things get completed. That was my my um, little tweak to the grant process. Well, we definitely appreciate you for your service. This, as you know, I think sometimes we need to remind everyone that we're all volunteers here, and um, you've put the extra effort with your with your talent and um, and your dedication to making sure that we're able to provide wonderful things to our community through our clubs. And we really thank you for all that effort that you that you give. You're very welcome. Look forward to working with you for many years to come. Yes, I do too. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Have a good day. Uh Uh-huh. Thank you. All right. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. So that wraps up this episode of Heroes of Hope. We are so happy that we have an audience out there listening. We want you to subscribe, share, and tell your friends about the Rotary Community Heroes of Hope because that's how we get the word out about the impact we're having in this world. 